Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Discerning Daughters podcast, where sisters in Christ discuss the Word of God together and how its principles apply to our lives today. I'm Rachel, and I'm so excited to learn together. Let's get started. Thanks for tuning in to episode 10 of the podcast. We're officially in double digits. I really appreciate your continued support and comments. Today's episode is about dealing with difficult people. These can be people we encounter briefly when we're out shopping or driving, or it can be the people we have no choice but to see every day, like the people we work with or go to school with. And unfortunately, they can also be people in our family or ecclesias. A trending idea of our time is cleansing your life from so-called toxic people. If they're not serving you, then they have no place in your life. Is this idea scriptural? That's not actually a rhetorical question. I would really like to hear your thoughts and verses that support them. Now, before I discuss some biblical principles for dealing with people in our lives, I want to make it clear that I am speaking of difficult people, meaning frustrating, rude, someone you may disagree with, bothersome, or annoying people, by an absolutely not speaking about abusive people. If someone is abusing you or someone you know, whether it be psychological, physical, or sexual abuse, then it is never okay, and you need to get help immediately if you're in danger. The U.S. has a 24-hour hotline that can provide resources and help get you out, and other countries have similar hotlines available. It's a bummer way to start the episode, and although we might like to think that believers are immune to this kind of abuse, there are issues with it. And I want to make sure that anyone who needs help gets the help they need and that this episode is not misinterpreted by someone going through this kind of abuse as just having to endure their trauma because it's absolutely not. So, dealing with difficult people. The reason it's so important to discuss is because God is really interested in how we treat the people around us. In fact, scripture says the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Everyone probably knows the golden rule, do unto others as they w- you would have done unto you. But what if they're not treating you the way you want to be treated? Well, Christ tells us we should love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Why? Because as this verse continues in Matthew 5, so you may be the sons of your father in heaven. Not only does Christ tell us to love and pray for difficult people in our lives, but he tells us why. Our salvation depends on it. So again, I ask, is it okay to cleanse our lives from these difficult people if our salvation depends on us loving our enemies and praying for our persecutors? In regards to spreading the gospel message, Jesus tells his apostles to shake off the dust of your feet if they don't receive you. So maybe this could apply to us if we're out at a preaching campaign. We wouldn't take it personally and try to keep pursuing someone if they said, I'm not interested. But does this apply to the people who are in our lives every day? Personally, I don't think this verse does. Of course, you may disagree with me, and I'd like to hear about it if you do. But it seems to me God really uses the people around us to mold us into being more like his son. Let's consider his son for a minute. Throughout his entire ministry, he was persecuted by the scribes and Pharisees. Wouldn't his whole life be a lot easier if they were not in it? Definitely. But not only did Christ use his interactions to point out the hypocrisies of their teaching, but ultimately to glorify his father. 
I've recommended this series of classes on faith by Jason Bogus before, so if you haven't listened to them, definitely do so. One of the things he says is how nothing in the life of a believer is left to chance. Rather, everything is intentionally in the life of a believer as an opportunity to turn to God and to grow our faith. So this has to include the people that God puts in our lives. Now I know it's absolutely not my place to tell you what your limits are and who you should keep around, but the first thing we can agree to do is start praying for that difficult person, whoever it may be for you. If it's someone you don't need to interact with every day, maybe it's okay to not go out of your way to be best friends with them, but we have to try in all our interactions to model Christ. Thankfully, there's a lot of verses that can be used for encouragement when dealing with difficult people or any trial we face. Some of my favorites are 1 Corinthians 10.13 and Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good and for those who are called according to his purpose. So when dealing with other people, let's reflect on our ultimate purpose, to glorify God. Scripture tells us that we can inherit the kingdom of God by overcoming the flesh through the development of the fruits of the Spirit. And really, all of the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit could be applied to dealing with difficult people. But I think the most fitting would be meekness, or as the ESV says, gentleness. It's interesting because although it's a fruit of the Spirit, it's not talked about too much from the platform. So what does it mean to be meek? To be meek means to be humble or gentle, and it's also translated as poor. In the book, The Fruit of the Spirit by Colin Atridge, he says meekness is God-reliance over self-reliance. Being meek helps believers overcome worry and anxiety because it frees them from the cares of this life and allows them to no longer care what people think, only God. He says the opposite of meekness is pride, which is self-importance. In other words, glorying oneself over God or having confidence in self over God. Is the root of our issues in dealing with other people our own pride? Is it being affected by how we're perceived, valued, or treated by others? Proverbs tells us only by pride comes a contention and that God hates a proud heart. I know there have been instances for me when I'm frustrated in dealing with other people because my own ego is hurt by what they say about me or how they treat me. One of my other issues with pride is my need for approval of others and to be liked by others. But what I'm trying to focus on is the more important opinion, my gods. In one instance of this, a while back, I worked with someone who really didn't like me. To my knowledge, I didn't do anything to deserve this, but it drove me crazy. I would say hi to this person in the hallway. They would completely ignore me. I knew they also criticized my work behind my back. But ultimately, through it all, I learned that I could not control this other person, only myself. I could no longer dwell on these negative thoughts, but rather pray and look to God. Eventually, and seemingly without anything happening, it did get better. And now, years later, I see how trivial it was in the long run. But maybe you're already trying to be meek. The trouble you're having with a difficult person truly is because they are a difficult person doesn't matter what you say or do, they still treat you poorly, drive you crazy, act irrationally, accuse you of untrue things, etc. Really, the list can go on because we know human hearts are desperately wicked. 
To offer some practical strategies, I employ the help of psychiatrist Mike Golston in his book, Talking to Crazy. Now, it's a bit of a misnomer because this book is not about dealing with people who are actually clinically insane, rather people who are acting irrationally and just being difficult. His book opens with a road rage story where he accidentally cuts off the same man twice. He then is forced off the road by this man who stomps angrily towards his car. The man bangs on his window. Mark opens it and says calmly, Have you ever had such an awful day that you're just hoping to meet someone who will pull out a gun, shoot you, and put you out of your misery? Are you that someone? This response immediately disarmed the man's anger and his whole demeanor changed from fury to concern. Now, I don't necessarily suggest saying this to someone, but the author calls this strategy leaning in to crazy. And maybe not in these words, but Proverbs actually supports this idea. It says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. If we react to anger and contention, with anger and contention, the situation will explode. My husband is actually the champion of this. If I'm mad at him and confront him about whatever it may be, he listens, apologizes, and sometimes even affirms what I'm saying. What? Who does this? My first response when someone accuses me of something is to take it personally and react. But that's actually my flesh. Again, Proverbs says, The vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. An important part of dealing with difficult people is actually reflecting on ourselves and what makes us difficult sometimes too. For me, excuse me, I can be too emotional and too quick to react sometimes. I can also set impossibly high standards for people and be really easily irritated. In his book, Mark says, we must know our own brands of crazy or we can't effectively deal with other people. Maybe you have an internal set of messages that skew your reality, fears that you won't be good enough or fears of rejection. Whatever negative reactions or thoughts you may have, neutralize them. Try your best to be upbeat and positive with everyone, especially the difficult people. Remember the concept of neuroplasticity that I talked about in the last episode? These choices to think and react positively can change our brains. And it's also another biblical command. Romans tells us to live peaceably with all. Sometimes people may say or do something only because they want a reaction out of us. Don't give it to them. As a baby in my family, I remember my mom telling me so many times, they're only doing it to get a reaction out of you. In other words, once I stopped responding and letting things affect me, then the older kids around no longer had an M.O., the power of letting things go is really amazing because it really worked. Now, as a side note, I have amazing siblings and I am also fully aware that I was a super annoying little sister at times. But back to his book, Mark lays out a plan called the sanity cycle when people are acting crazy or irrationally. Step one is to recognize that people who are being difficult is not just something you can talk away. Step two, identify your own feelings from interacting with this person. The insight will help you interact more calmly. 
Step three is to realize the other person's crazy behavior has nothing to do with you and you don't have to let it affect you. Step four, stay calm. Step five, just as he did with the angry driver, show that you are on the person's side and that you aren't a threat. Don't try to quiet him or her down, encourage venting, demonstrate support, never mirror aggression, and apologizing to someone can help take them down from their explosive emotional state. Six, once the person is calm, help him or her reach a more rational state of mind. He offers a number of practical strategies to help deal with certain kinds of difficult people, and I'll just share some of them with you. One is called the belly roll. When people attack you, don't try to dominate them. They'll only attack you more. If you give the person the power to the person who acts crazy, you turn yourself from a threat into an ally. The AEU technique, which means apologize, empathize, uncover. An apology works wonders, even if you did nothing wrong. Demonstrate empathy by telling the person you've thought about what being in his or her situation must be like. Another one was time travel. People often fight about what happened in the past or what's happening now. Focus on the future instead. Of course, every situation and every person is different. Romans 12 also shares a guideline for dealing with others. Let's read it. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of your God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, doing you will reap, heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. As stated before, Let's ultimately reflect on ourselves, the grace and love we are shown by our Father, though so undeserving. And let's do our best to extend that same grace to those around us. Because remember, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That wraps up today's episode on dealing with difficult people. Of course, there's lots of other things we could talk about, more specific situational things. And again, I would love to hear your thoughts on the episode. If you've ever had experience with this and how you were able to get through it, please shoot me an email at the podcast email at the end of the episode and have a great week. Do you have a question or comment about today's episode? send me an email at discerningdaughters at gmail.com. I also really encourage you to send me topics that you think would be helpful for women to listen to. Thanks again.